words on water. This episode is brought to you by Trinex, a new subsidiary of CDM Smith focused on helping infrastructure leaders advance the digital journey through proven processes, software tools, and partnership. Trinex offers the CAST platform, a suite of cloud-based, purpose-built software, arming leaders with actionable insights to drive infrastructure objectives forward, such as meeting lead and copper rule revisions compliance and sewer overflow management and monitoring. Additional digital services include asset performance and capital planning, digital strategy and transformation, decision analytics and optimization, and digital twin design and development. Learn more at trinex.io. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Leap. Joined by two guests from Trinex, I have Rajan Ray. He is Vice President of Strategy and Marketing. Raj, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us. And Owen Howlett, he is Vice President of Product Development. Owen, thanks for coming on as well. Hi, Travis. Nice to be here. All right. I am very excited for this conversation. Trinex is a new endeavor uh, coming off of CDM Smith, uh, which has so much expertise in the digital landscape when it comes to water. Um, so we're going we're gonna to get to that as part of the conversation. But let's start with a little bit of a kind of baseline question. You know, we hear the terms digital and digitization a lot when it comes to the water sector. What do those terms mean? I can I can start with that, Travis. You know, it's interesting. We think of digital as being something new, but you know, you think about this: the, the water the water space has been using hydraulic models for decades. You know, fifty years or more. Back when we had tiny computers and no memory, and obviously, you know, computing power has come a long way. And um, and you think about mobile devices. You know, the iPhone really only came out about fifteen years ago, and I suppose in some ways that's been a huge catalyst for true digital transformation, where now we are totally connected digitally. To, to the world around us. And I think the water sector in some ways has been behind, even though they've been using some tools for decades in terms of really adapting some of the super new technologies that are out there, you know, cloud migration, artificial intelligence. I still were, we're probably at the lower end of that curve. Um, but I think there's a rapid evolution going on. And in, if you look at the types of tools that the utilities are using, certainly the larger ones, you know, they're very familiar with GIFs. They're very familiar with using now mobile applications for collecting data. I think some of the challenges we'll talk about today are, what do I do now? I've got all of these applications. I've got all of this data. What's valuable? What's not valuable? Yeah, you mentioned uh, where the water sector is on this path, on this digital journey. You know, you said they've kind of lagged behind a little bit historically. Maybe that's kind of where they are now compared to some other sectors and industries. Um, could you be a little more specific and, and explain kind of how the water sector hasn't been quite at pace and maybe isn't quite there now? In this Specifically, the water sector in this path of getting digital, being digital, it's a little bit 
kind of a scatter plot, right? It's like a little bit all over the place where you have some of the like large utilities, they're already making some moves, they're making some steps, they invested in some technology, maybe some uh, internal resources and outside consultants. There's this uh, another swath of uh, medium-sized utilities that are probably a bit more progressive. Um, with maybe there's leaders and champions with an organization that are promoting more digital initiatives within their organization. Um, then you have this huge um, kind of market, yeah, I guess market segment that's small to medium-sized utilities that just are struggling to kind of figure out what's what to do, right? Like they, you know, some probably a good portion, maybe a majority are still using a lot of paper, um, doing a lot of field measurements where they're collecting it on paper, bringing it back into the office. Um, we had the, the UMC conference was recently, and there's still a lot of presentations of folks using power, you know, quote unquote, powerful spreadsheets to, to do, you know, um, risk planning or capital planning. And, and we know from our research and anyone can do this research, you know, utilities are spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on IT and data investments. You just look at their budget reports, right, every year. Um, and where those dollars are going into creating actually sustainable solutions that actually can grow with organization, that's, that's kind of where um, our mindset is. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, kind of maturity levels, but I would say the majority of that, that our space is probably in the early maturity scale, right? They're still trying to figure out the, the early steps. Yeah. You know, I, I can, I can see how some of the smaller utilities struggle because they don't necessarily have the financial resources to invest in a lot of this kind of thing or the, the, you know, kind of on staff knowledge, but I guess that's where they can turn to outside help. Right. Um, speaking of that, you all, you know, work with a lot of customers, you work with a lot of utilities. What are you, what are they looking for when we, you know, when they come and try to advance their digital game? Um, what, what are they asking for? What are they looking for? Well, kind of following on what Raj said, you know, it's a wide range, right? It may, it may be that their data infrastructure is a whole collection of Excel spreadsheets, right? They may be at that level where they're thinking, okay, we're using Excel to manage a lot of data. How do we how do we take that to some shared platform where we can collaborate across the organization, right? Even though that it may be a smaller organization. Um, and so we would help them on that kind of early stage digital transformation and process to look at the available tools out there. Or it may be a much larger utility that is really sophisticated, let's say, with their GIS system. And it's interesting for me how GIS has evolved and in some ways has become, for many utilities, their asset management system. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're seeing this kind of integration of kind of as-built information coming into the GIS system, and it's kind of becoming their default asset management system. But, you know, in some ways you may have a GIS department, you might have an engineering department, you've got an operations department, and they all view that very differently. So a lot of the work is around how can we take the data out of these silos, these different departments, and make it effective across the organization. Um, I think the other thing that to me is surprising is that in, in some of the other sectors, we have a lot of real-time information coming in. We've got sensors, you know, modern buildings, are now highly censored in terms of the information you get from them. There are, there are levels of that, and certainly SCADA systems have a lot of data. 
But in general, I would say the IoT world has been a little bit slower in the water sector in terms of actual data coming back in uh, to, to see a real-time view of what's going on. And that, that's changing. And Raj will talk about that a little bit later. But I certainly, I think, in terms of censoring these systems, there's, there's definitely a lot of growth going on there. And that what they're asking us is, we've all this data coming in. How do we, how do we make sense of it? Mm. I think the last thing I'd say is, for the larger utilities, there's may, maybe too many applications, right? Maybe they're using, you know, an operator has to go to 10 different software applications to answer a problem. And some of that actually, interestingly, might be around application rationalization. How do we streamline and trim down the number of software tools that we're using? Mm, very interesting. You know, my next question was about like kind of just what the the hottest trends are right now and, and what the most popular activities are to increase digitization and water. Maybe you just hit on some of those there, right? With with sensors and then sifting through data and, and some of those activities. Is, is that right? Or is are there other things to mention? Yeah, I think I think you, I mean, yeah, I think Owen mentioned, I think you're on at this right track, Travis, is like um so we're seeing you know investments in these uh and basically investments in sensors, right? So um it could be going from uh, flow meters, temporary flow meters, to investing in more um, uh, upgrading. We're seeing more and more uh, utilities upgrading their SCADA systems, so it's a little bit more integrated with um, other systems. We see pressure loggers in the field for field measurements to help with various um, kind of uh, scenarios, um, you know, you know, what, what's going on, there's a problem area here, let's kind of identify, get some more data points or um, to help figure that out. And there's, you know, the bigger projects like the AMI, AMR types of uh, investments, right? So there's a ton of sensors and near real-time, real-time data coming into the, into the realm. But there's also, we're seeing a lot of uh, investments in people, which is great. We, you know, part of, I should have probably mentioned the, uh, the challenge or kind of the maturity level with going digital with our in the utility space is like the people is oh like that's the kind of the the part of the equation that sometimes not doesn't get talked enough about um but that's the real thing right that the behavioral shift you know understanding um how get more eyes on the on the problem on the data that you'll have probably a more robust solution so we're seeing roles Especially in the you know that medium, the larger size companies actually incorporating new positions like digital transformation leaders or digital strategy leader, um, and which is you know certainly and cybersecurity is in that whole oh. sort of things too, right? There's there's certainly more and warranted more emphasis on cybersecurity, um, and then with the technology and the software, you know, there's some investments in the software, um, but all all this data is like just so much data that we, I don't think we have come up with a great way to actually manage all that efficiently and right and, and to, to make actually do great things with it. Um, and the only other thing I'll mention just because it's in that technology and it helps the, the, the sensors and that technology has been like, Sky, like it's been really um, progressing at a great clip, right? Like the battery life to the edge devices, where to actually do computations at the at the field device and bring it in. 
Um, I mean, all that stuff can be the, the hardest for, for a lot of like good insights. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that you mentioned the people side of things, because sometimes that's forgotten about a little bit. You know, there's a big, big challenges with the water workforce. We need more people just overall as a numbers game. But then part of what's happening is there's this evolution in water and we need people with different skill sets. Right. We need these data analysts and and kind of digital folks to come in and be part of the new new workforce. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask about is this digital twin concept and kind of what is the state of this practice in water right now? Maybe you can quickly give a, a explanation of what a digital twin is and then your assessment of the, the current landscape. Well, I can tell you this, Travis, there's a lot of hype around digital twin, right? You hear that, you hear that term all the time. You know, I think digital twin means different things to different people. I'll categorize it in a few areas. I mean, uh, some folks, a digital twin might be simply a computer screen that represents what's going on inside their infrastructure, right? And that might be as simple as their SCADA system, a couple of sensors, and maybe a hydraulic model, right? So they get a kind of an overall view of what's the current operations of my system, right? And some people might refer to that as a digital twin. Um, I really think, though, that the digital twin provides value when you add prediction to it, right? So let's say I've got a digital twin on my collection system. Well, now, if I can use that to, say, look at the rain forecast, I've got a big rain event coming in the next couple of days. Now I can use that digital twin to really make a prediction of how is my system going to respond to this large rain event, right? And then really where the value, I think, really exponentially uh, adds value is around these what-if scenarios, right? So now if I've got this virtual representation of my system, I can play these what-if scenarios, right? So what if um, this, you know, pump station goes out, out of operation, what, what happens to my system? Whatever the scenario may be, I can now really use that digital twin to look at these what-if scenarios. Mm. The one other area that's very interesting for me, which is kind of beyond uh, just the operational use of a digital twin is around looking at long-term planning and certainly around the climate changes that we're seeing. And I think there's been a lot of work in the water sector, obviously, around master planning. Um, but I think the concern I've had has been around kind of looking at the climate as, as being non-stationary. And obviously, the climate has changed a lot. So what might have been a one in 100-year storm for their planning purposes, now that might be a one in 50-year storm, right? So how do we incorporate these significant changes in, in climate. Um, and the last thing for us that I think is very interesting is in some ways a digital twin is quite different between linear infrastructure and vertical infrastructure. So for us, they're nearly different communities, different sets of technologies. So in some ways, how do you connect the linear infrastructure with the vertical infrastructure and those digital twins is, is an, an area of real interest for us. Mm. Yeah, great perspective. Uh, let me ask you a, a business question here about Trinex. Uh, why did CDM Smith create Trinex? What is this company? Oh, yeah, I, I can grab that one, Owen. Um, feel free to add in. But yeah, so CDM Smith has been doing um, innovative digital solutions for decades now, right? So they've, um, and it's funny, like, Different pockets that Owen and I talk to, it, we always we, we find that there's already a tool that does kind of what we're looking for that has been developed in, in um, you know whatever five ten plus years ago. Um, you know another example is 
one of the basic engines that is used in the majority of the wastewater and collection system modeling um, in the industry is the SWIM model, the SWIM engine. And CDM Smith had, from the very beginning, had significant development um, uh, to that. Uh, they worked on the original development of that engine and continue to support its uh, evolution, even to this the latest and uh, greatest uh, SWIM offering. Um, and then it's a little bit of kind of how uh, Trinix was formed. So, you know, by developing these digital solutions. So Pipecast is a good example of that we had a client that wanted to do some more with their hydraulic model and manage the sewer overflows a little bit more proactively. And so we built this platform. Um, and then we, you know, fortunately, the CDM Smith had the foresight to say, this could actually help more than just this client. And let's build it uh, so it can actually be a commercially available option. This is what really was one of the first digital twin um, platforms for collection systems that was available. Um, so they established a plan years ago. We put it into action. And fortunately, from the very, I think this is um, a great thing about senior Smith. I think it's somewhat unique is they, from the very high level, from the board level to the CEO, presidents, the executive leadership teams, to management, all across. But like that buy-in is tremendous from the, especially from the high, high ups to actually say that this is an initiative that we're going to focus on, we're going to invest heavily in, and we're going to make it successful. So yeah, I, I certainly commend that team there. Yeah. I, I just add one thing there, which is, you know, I, I think you've seen these large AEC firms have these digital practices. And, you know, we've been asked, so why is Trinex separate from CDM Smith? You know, in some ways, it's back to the people issue. In some ways, it's the cultural issue, you know, the software industry operates so differently than the engineering industry, right? So these concepts of agile and prototypes and fail fast, you know, traditional civil engineers, they're horrified by that approach, right? <laughs> and so for us, separating in some ways the kind of people, the software developers, the designers that we're working with, and you nearly need a different, slightly different cultural envelope to wrap them in. And now the, the, the collaboration is fantastic across those groups, but because Trinex is, design, is designed really like a startup, we're moving very fast. And it just, you need that little bit of separation from, from the parent company, but you benefit from the parent company as well. Uh, on, on that question of benefiting from the parent company, you, you mentioned a few things, but what else does this, uh, how else does this affiliation with CDM Smith uh, benefit Trinex and what it can offer customers. Yeah, I can grab. I mean, um, so I have to look at my desk and I, I, every morning I, I wake up um, and get to work. And I, I, I know it's an audio <laughs> format, but I'll show you my my bugs. Yeah. So 75 years in the industry, CM Smith has that longevity, right? And you know what is still is. Fascinating to me. So Owen and I both have worked um, in different uh, locations, including consulting firms. And, but I feel like CDM Smith, what makes it unique is that, yes, it has 75 years of history, but also has people that we meet have, have spent their whole careers at CDM Smith, right? They, they found it as a place that they want to build and have their whole career retire at CDM Smith. So people have been here for 30 plus, 40 plus years, 
and are still still going strong, and which just just speaks speaks a lot to the company culture and and kind of where how they've established themselves internally in and in, to the industry. So long careers, but also like deep relationships with clients. So that's another kind of I feel like is a really thing that Trinex should will leverage and has leverage is you know client would. CM Smith has been doing business with certain clients for 10, 20 plus years as well. And so having that, that trust and um, collaboration to actually try and, and try new things, fail fast and get directions of where we're going is invaluable, right? Like every, every good software needs that market feedback and the, the availability of that feedback is just is, is a, so uh, ever present with, you know, our day to day. Yeah. And I'd say the other thing is that CDM Smith is quite unusual in the industry now in that it's one of the largest privately held organizations where most of the players now are public. And because CDM Smith is private, it gives it a lot of flexibility, right? It's not driven by quarterly reporting results to the market. And so that really allows a lot of flexibility, innovation and research inside the organization. One of the things that that was mentioned to me by you all before this podcast is kind of the emphasis by Trinex on this digital first resiliency. And I'm curious about what that concept is and why that's such a priority. Yeah, I can grab that one too. Um, so digital first resiliency, it may say stems from what utilities, water, wastewater, uh, stormwater utilities face um, every day. They have competing fires, right? They have aging infrastructure. Hiring is a tremendous challenge for them right now, retaining um, workforce, hiring, and then the retiring, you know, portion of their organization. So that's a big, big challenge in itself. But you also have effects from climate change um, thrown in there, right? So floods, weather events, fires, droughts, et cetera. And then you throw in COVID as a as a nice <laughs> right. twist in the mix. It's like, just, what are you? you know, what did? What are they to do? And so, um, the the concept behind it is well, we already discussed that they have data that's coming in. They have people. They have already invested in data and IT and people resources um, in the digital realm. And they have to they have to address these challenges right? for the various stakeholders. They have to kind of address them. They have to be efficient, and, and some of the times, for compliance reasons, they have to be defensible of whatever solution that they have. And so, building a digital first is basically saying, by looking digital first, by setting up frameworks, platforms, um, components to put together to address these challenges that's sustainable. So that's kind of living and breathing. So. When new challenges, new twists, and kind of windy roads come come their way, they can address them because they already have a, a format in place. That's digital first resiliency. So it's um, we we you know utilities have shown coming out of COVID that or coming in and out of COVID that they are agile, that they can they are resilient, and they can adopt technology. Right? They can um, work things remotely, and they can have these remote meetings like we're doing now. So um, setting some frameworks into place, like you know, platforms and processes to help them on that journey of a, a trans- digital transformation is kind of is part of uh, where we think we got a lot of value. Mm. 
last question. Uh, you know, I'd like you guys to pull out your crystal balls here. It's one of my things I like to end my podcast with and ask you kind of to forecast the future. Um, no pressure. With the digital landscape changing so rapidly, um, what might be next? What's what's on the horizon? Yeah, look, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think there's been so much hype around artificial intelligence. Uh, and in fact, I think now you get a little bit of eye rolling in the water sector when they hear about another artificial intelligence machine learning solution. I, I think you're going to see kind of really focused, pra practical AI solutions, right? I mean, I think obviously you've got um, a lot of interest in the water sector. You've got startups in Silicon Valley that are applying data science to these problems. But I think without practical knowledge, it's hard to apply AI. So I think one, you're gonna see kind of an improvement in really practical AI solutions in, in the sector. Interestingly, I wonder, is cost gonna become an issue? Um, I think you have seen certainly the larger utilities dramatically increase their IT budgets and their annual costs on enterprise software. I wonder whether there might be a shift towards kind of smaller lightweight solutions that aren't quite, quite so expensive. So I always think that rationalization will be an issue. Are we, in, are we investing correctly in IT? And I think there'll be, obviously there'll be continue to be an evolution in IT solutions. I think clients uh, and, the, and the water sector are becoming savvier about their data. They recognize the value of their data. They're gonna want ownership of their data, right? I, and I think it's certainly when you talk about cloud migration um, and moving data to the cloud, I think clients are really gonna take more ownership around their data. And I think, I think they should, right? And I think when we deal with these clients, we're very much around making sure that they have own, ownership of their data. You know, and the one that I think that's probably less fun is around cybersecurity, right? I think that ultimately utilities, it's, this is a mission, these are mission critical functions, right? So um, I think at the moment, in some ways, the cybersecurity concerns are a barrier to progress uh, in the digital transformation in this space. And I, and I think rightly so. So I'm hoping we see some breakthroughs in cybersecurity solutions that lets the utilities use the cloud with more trust. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but I'd like to see us get there. Well, well, Raj and Owen, uh, very informative conversation. I appreciate it so much. Congrats on the launch of Trinex uh, and look forward to staying in touch. Thank you both. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Words on water.